Good morning. Am I, uh, am I, yes I am, there I am. So this morning I want to continue uh, the series that we've been following through from Galatians. And we're nearly, we're nearly at the end, we're approaching the end and this morning I'm teaching on be full of self-control. Which Rob, when I said, spoke to him this morning, said, oh that's really cool. I don't know many people who think that self-control is really cool, but it is important. So over the past few months, we've been carefully working through uh, these verses from uh, the letter that Paul wrote to the Christians in Galatia. And we're approaching the end of the series, and we've been looking at the life that the Holy Spirit is developing in us. And this morning, as I say, I want to explore that final characteristic that Paul mentions, self-control. So let me read once again from that whole passage. And this week I'm going to use a paraphrase. It may help us to hear the words fresh. And rather than putting the words on the screen, can I suggest it may help if you just close your eyes while I read this passage. So just if you're at home now, you can do this as well. Just Close your eyes as I read in paraphrase form these words from Galatians chapter 5. If you walk by the Spirit, your human appetites will not dictate how you live. For your human nature has desires that are opposed to the Spirit, and the Spirit has desires that are opposed to your human nature. These are in opposition to each other so that you're unable to do what you really want. But if you are being led by the Spirit, you will not be living under the law. Now the sort of behaviour that is driven by our human appetites is obvious. Sexual immorality, impurity, depravity, idolatry, occult connections, hostility, strife, jealousy, temper tantrums, selfish ambition, divisiveness and discord, envy, violence, drunkenness, wild partying and similar things. I warn you, as I have before, that those who use their freedom to live like this will not inherit God's coming kingdom. But the harvest produced in your life by the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, generosity, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There is no law that opposes these qualities. As Jesus' people, our previous life with all its appetites has been crucified. Since we have come alive by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Can I suggest we just pause for a moment there? As I read that, it may be that there, are, there is a specific word or phrase that stood out to you, that struck you, that kind of lodged in your mind. If that's the case, that may well be the Holy Spirit just highlighting something. So just make a mental note 
of that word or a phrase that particularly struck you? And when you're next by yourself in prayer, can I suggest you reflect on that with Jesus? Now I have to confess, we nearly didn't get a talk this morning on self-control, because there's an irony here. As I was saying to some friends uh, only the other day, um, for most of the past couple of weeks I've really struggled to exert sufficient self-control to get around to studying properly. So um, uh, there's an irony irony in that. And to be honest, self-control can seem like a a slightly odd quality for Paul to put at the end end of this list of fruits of the Spirit. I say that because surely if we've truly mastered self-control... If we've got that really down, then all the other qualities he mentions should surely be just a walk in the park, really. It's kind of a bit like the reverse of, you know, the old saying that if I, I can resist absolutely anything except temptation. Um, it's only the reverse. But let's just review where we've been with this whole series. You'll remember, and you'll see it on the board there and up there, that uh, we've entitled this whole series to be to be full of love and joy and peace. And we've done that because we want to be a church that is truly centred on Jesus, truly centred on Christ. And as individuals, we want to be people who look more and more like Jesus. Above, all, above and beyond all the things that we do, and we do do quite a lot of things, we want to be a community that reflects and expresses the life and the character of our Master Jesus. But it's kind of easy to to use words like Christ-centred without really pausing to consider what that actually means. What does it actually look like, both corporately and individually, to be Christ-like? What are the qualities, what are the characteristics that reveal whether we really are being transformed to become more and more like Jesus? And that's why over the past few months we've been exploring this short section from Galatians, the fruit of the Spirit as it's called. Because these verses paint a very clear picture of what our lives will look like when they are lived with Jesus at the centre and what our lives will not look like when that's not the case. What sort of actions, what sort of attitudes, what sort of behaviours will be reproduced in us as we keep Jesus at the centre, or as these verses express it, as we walk by the Spirit. Now, I, I know we don't become perfect and transformed overnight, But this passage highlights in a host of very practical ways the trajectory of our character as we live from the Spirit. So what is the trajectory of our character? How are you and I changing? How have we been changing over these past months and years, past week? How am I growing more like Jesus in my thought life, in my imagination, in my attitudes, my conversation, 
my relationships, my actions, my behaviour, my lifestyle? What is the trajectory of my character? Holy Spirit, we just pause now for a minute and ask you to highlight anything in our lives where you're wanting to affect change, to develop us, to grow us. Our desire, Holy Spirit, is for you to transform us to be more and more like Jesus. So I want to just briefly then explore what scripture actually means by self-control. What importance scripture gives to this. And then perhaps most of all, how we can actually grow and develop in this. Proverbs 25. Proverbs is a book of wisdom in the Old Testament. And this, these are the very last words in that book, in Proverbs 25, verse 28. Like a city breached without walls is one who lacks self-control. Like a city breached without walls is one who lacks self-control. In other words, if we lack self-control, we're vulnerable to being invaded, conquered, overcome by just about anything. Like a city without walls. And as these verses from Galatians particularly make clear, we are at the mercy of our, of our human appetites, our human desires and natural cravings, the things that Paul typically refers to as our flesh. Without self-control, those things will dominate. They're not necessarily wrong things in themselves, but they were never meant to dictate how we live. God never intended that we should live purely at the mercy of our natural instincts and our physical drives. Because that's, if you look at the dictionary definition of self-control, I think it says something like this. Having the ability to exercise restraint over our impulses, our emotions and our desires at an appropriate time. God never intended us that we should live at the mercy of our natural instincts and physical drives. So, for example, we have a natural and perfectly healthy desire to eat. Quite literally, it's one of our appetites. But if we struggle to bring that under control, under self-control, then we can fall prey to overeating or even to gluttony. And satisfying an unrestrained desire for food can end up overriding, overcoming what may be at certain times be more important priorities. So, for example, when Jesus was led by the Spirit to go out into the desert to spend time alone with God and to confront the evil one, fasting was an important element of what he was doing. He went without food. And unsurprisingly, he became very hungry. But when Satan suggested to him that he could easily conjure up some bread, Jesus recognised this as a temptation and he didn't allow his physical desire to distract him from the priority of obedience to his father. Self-control enables us to not be distracted from our primary calling. Jesus was able to exercise that self-control And at the time he said, we are not to live by bread alone, 
just dependent on the things that satisfy our physical needs and desires, but rather, he says, we are to live by every word that God speaks. In other words, our lives are to be driven first and foremost out of our relationship, our communion with God. Or, as Paul puts it in our passage, we are to live by or live from the Holy Spirit. And if we don't live by the Spirit, then our natural appetites and our physical drives will tend to dictate how we live, leading to all all the sorts of unhealthy and unholy behaviours that Paul lists in that passage that I read to you. However, note, that first phrase in the passage I read is best read as a promise rather than a command. If you live by the Spirit, you will not carry out the desires of your flesh. We'll come back to that in a moment. But first let's just see for a moment, and keep with me here, um, as I whiz through uh, a few New Testament passages that refer to self-control. So why is it important for various different people? Those aspiring to be leaders need to be self-controlled. 1 Timothy 3, uh, verse 2 Young men need to be self-controlled, that's Titus 2 verse 6. Young women need to be self-controlled, that's 1 Timothy 2 verse 9. Older women need to be self-controlled, that's Titus 2 verse 3. Older men need to be self-controlled, that's Titus 2 verse 2. If we're going through hard times, we need to be self-controlled, that's 1 Peter chapter 4 verse 7. And perhaps most most significantly, if we desire to be our best for God, we need to be self-controlled. 1 Corinthians 9 if we desire to be our best for God we need to learn and grow to be self-controlled so do you get the picture if we're serious about being disciples of Jesus self-control is fundamental but how do we grow in this how does that characteristic or indeed any of the fruit of the spirit grow and develop within us I think we need to remind ourselves of something that has been emphasised repeatedly over these last several weeks and months by different people speaking here. I know Jan's spoken of it, Sarah's spoken of it, Joe spoke of it a few weeks ago, and others. Paul the Apostle is not telling us that we need to somehow summon up all our effort and just try really, really hard to develop these positive qualities and to avoid the negative behaviours that he describes We don't become more and more like Jesus merely by a new sort of self-help program or by just some Herculean effort on our part. Sorry, Herculean is a bit of a tricky word for Coralie there, but did well. The fruit of the Spirit, the harvest that is produced in our lives, is the result of walking by the Spirit, living from the Spirit, keeping in step with the Spirit, As I said a moment ago, that first phrase we read in Galatians 5.16 is best read as a promise rather than a command. Live by the Spirit and you will not carry out the desires of the flesh. So what does it mean to walk by the Spirit? And how does that enable us to progressively live free of the behaviours of the flesh and increasingly display the harvest of the Spirit in our character? 
I think it was John Mark Comer who pointed out that there are two opposite mistakes that we often make when we think about how we go about being transformed, how we become more Christ-like. At one end of the spectrum, we can in practice live as if it's basically all down to us. We read about these qualities, love, joy, peace, etc., and self-control, and we see them as somehow targets we have to strive for, or perhaps even laws that we must struggle to obey, even though Paul makes perfectly clear in these verses that the law has very little to help to offer us here. We may recognise where we're falling short in some aspect of our character, but then we get all stressed out about how we're going to be more peaceful. It doesn't work. But at the opposite end of the spectrum, we sometimes seem to live as though Christ-likeness is something that will just automatically diffuse into us without any conscious effort on our part. A kind of spirituality by osmosis, it sort of filters into us. Somehow the fruit of the Spirit are presumed to imperceptibly filter into our lives. And then sometimes we wonder why we've been connected with the church for years and years but there seems so little evidence of actually being significantly transformed. In terms of our character, we can perhaps seem much the same person that we've always been. Neither of those two extremes will bring lasting change to our lives. Neither approach will free us from slavery to our natural human cravings, and neither will get us very far in genuinely reproducing the character of Jesus within us. There is a third way that Paul outlines in these verses. It does require us to make choices because God always wants our active and willing cooperation. But it doesn't demand that we do the very thing that we can't do, which is to transform ourselves. Jesus invites us to persistently, habitually, and deliberately come close to him in relationship. This is what it means to live by the Spirit and to keep in step with the Spirit, or to use the language that Jesus himself uses, to abide in him. We consciously place ourselves in the path of grace. We can't manufacture within ourselves greater patience or faithfulness or self-control, but we can choose to adopt the habit of intimacy with Jesus the simple practices that will help us deepen this relationship and as we invest in our relationship with Jesus through his spirit our character does get progressively transformed maybe a couple of analogies could help us to to get our heads around that if you're a parent you'll know how often we worry about who our children are mixing with at school or outside of that context. Who are they spending time with? Because we know that those relationships can and do profoundly influence them and they tend to shape their character, their behaviour, either for good or bad. And as parents, I think many of us will know that. We talk about someone getting in with a really good crowd or perhaps not such a good crowd because it shapes their behaviour. And so it is with all of us. As we give time to relationship with Jesus, choosing to spend conscious time in his presence, his own character is increasingly reproduced in us. 
If we want to become like Jesus, whatever other things may help us, first and foremost we need to be with Jesus and be with him habitually. To be with him habitually. There's our theme again, be. Be with Jesus. Be filled with self-control. And then I have a kind of uh, picture in my mind, <clears throat> I, I hope you may be able to relate with it, of one of those sort of fun pools, swimming pools, but fun pools that you find at holiday parks. I don't know whether you've sort of seen those sorts of things, but you know, they often have a flume where you go down. And, um, but alongside that, they often include a sort of river section where powerful jets of water create a really strong current within a channel. You ever seen those sort of things? Ever been to those holiday parks where they have those things? A sort of river section where you get caught up in, in the flow. Of course, you can just splash and paddle around in the, in the open area of the pool, going nowhere very much. But if you're willing to make the effort to place yourself within the powerful current and stay within it, you find yourself moving swiftly even relatively easily. And then, of course, the channel opens up again, and it's easy to drift out of that current, to drift out of that main flow, force of water. And at that point, it can be very, very hard to make any progress. You can find yourself stuck going nowhere at all, or even going backwards, despite your best efforts. At those moments, what, you, what we need to do, or what I find you need to do, is, is not fight against all the cross-currents that are going but actually carefully relocate yourself within the flow of that main current. And I would like to suggest it's a bit like that. If we want to see our characters transformed to be more like Jesus. We will not grow much if we, as it were, paddle around in the pool just generally. And if you're not seeing a lot of growth in your life, if you don't sense that your character and behaviour is being transformed, maybe you've just been paddling around, splashing around, and not actually living from the Holy Spirit. Equally, we'll struggle to make much progress when we are, as it were, struggling in our own strength against all these cross-currents. To live by the Spirit is not a call to attempt the impossible, but an invitation to do the thing that we can do. And that is to prioritise our daily personal life with God. That is what will transform us. That is the context, the space within which we change. And to prioritise that consistently. To remain in the current of God's grace. Joe, would you like to bring the band up? And as we live from the Spirit in this way... We will prove the promise to be true. We will increasingly find that we do not gratify the desires of our flesh. Rather, self-control and indeed all the other varieties of fruit that the Spirit produces, they will develop in our lives such that we more and more take on the character of Jesus. The Apostle Paul wrote to his friend and his mentee, Timothy, to urge him to keep following hard after God. And he encouraged him with these words, which can also encourage us. 
God's spirit doesn't make cowards out of us. The spirit gives us power, love and self-control. The spirit gives us power, love and self-control. And whatever challenges we may feel we're facing, including the challenge of becoming more like Jesus, the Lord repeats to us what he spoke to Zechariah in the Old Testament. It's not by strength and it's not by power, but by my spirit. That's what God says. So Father, we, we place ourselves before you knowing that we cannot change ourselves. We cannot grow self-control by ourselves. Not by our own power. Nor will it descend on us without any choices on our part. Help us to choose to place ourselves where you can change us. To prioritise our life with you. To put ourselves in the way of grace. Thank you.